Welcome to Live with the Pricing Lady. I'm Janine, your hostess. This show is all about helping you build a sustainably profitable business while making an unbelievable impact on your world. Learn from my 20 years of experience and from my guests as we discuss their pricing challenges, failures, and successes. Pricing is a way of being or behaving in your business. My mission is to help you confidently charge for the value you deliver. Pricing is either hurting or helping your business. Let's make sure it's helping you reach your dreams. In this episode, I sit down with Bob McIntosh, co-founder of Three Degrees Consulting, a digital marketing company. Bob shared with me, sometimes pricing is just as simple as asking for more. And he's so right. I love that he said that because it's true. Sometimes you just have to raise your prices, test it out and see what happens. We talk about his own pricing journey, what he sees in terms of behavior from his clients and how that hampers their pricing and so much more. So sit back, relax and enjoy the episode. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Live with the Pricing Lady. I'm Janine Liston, your hostess, and I'm so happy to have you here with me today. We're going to be talking about, as usual, all things pricing and value-related. Let me start by welcoming my guest, Bob McIntosh. Hi, Bob. Hello. Thanks for having me, and hello, YouTube-verse, and wherever else this ends up. It's great to have you here. I was on Bob's show last year, I guess it was. It wasn't even a few weeks ago. It was last year. Seems like a few Um, weeks ago. (laughs) Yeah. And we had such a great conversation. I thought, well, let's bring that over here. And Bob, why don't we start with a few rapid fire questions? The first one is, where are you joining us from today? I am located in Austin, Texas, USA. I love Austin. Great place. (laughs) If you haven't been there, it's definitely a place to go and visit. Next question. What is your superpower? My superpower is making technology seem easy for those who are not technology related and helping them understand it in a way that's understandable. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah. Excellent. Next one. What's one interesting thing that people who know you don't know? Interesting thing that people who know me don't know. I don't share a lot and a lot of people who probably have never heard this, but I actually failed out of college because I hated what I was doing and the degree I was in or going for, and it was miserable. I just didn't like, I didn't put forth any effort. And uh, I eventually, I went back to the same school when I graduated, but they kicked me out for a year. And I was, it was a rude awakening of, okay, like I got to focus on things that make me happy. Excellent. Yeah. Well, that's a good philosophy to follow, but not always an easy one, especially the Mm -hmm. younger you are, right? A, A lot of people are pushed in one direction because they don't really know what to follow with their heart yet. Interesting. Thank you for sharing that. All right. One question I like to ask last rapid fire question is when it comes to your products or services that you sell, and you can tell us a little bit about what you do, what value do you really bring your clients? So it's a great question. What my company, Three Degrees Consulting, does is we do digital marketing, primarily paid advertising, SEO, website design, and and many other things, but those are the the primary categories. The value that I bring is honestly, it's, and it's going to, maybe this sounds cheesy, but it's my passion for it. And I don't necessarily mean specifically, hey, I'm just passionate and that's the value itself, but it shows through in the fact that 
you know, I spend a lot of time reading, researching, understanding when Google does a new algorithm update, they, there's the bullet point one. I don't read, I read the bullet points and then I go into the details. I want to actually understand all the things I follow, all the people that talk about these things. And because of that, I won't say that I'm necessarily the most knowledgeable person in digital marketing, but I know I have a lot more knowledge than most. And that is what is good because then when things change, when things are heading a new direction and there's some new thing happening, I'm always aware of what's going on and can say, Hey, like this is gonna be a huge benefit to you as a client. Excellent. What does that ultimately bring them? Ultimately it brings better results, right? So like it's at the end of the day, the internet specifically is continuously changing. There's always new things happening. There's always new, new ways. Like right now, TikTok ads are, are blowing up like insane. In fact, I just read, and I don't remember the names of the companies now off the top of my head, but there was four major companies that have historically always run Super Bowl ads here in the States. And for this year was the first year those four companies didn't run Super Bowl ads. Instead, they took all the money, which was an average of $6 million for 30 seconds for a Super Bowl commercial. And they're putting it all into TikTok ads. So like crazy, crazy new things. It's like, but Hey, this is, this is where the market's going and there's opportunities. Right. If there's opportunities, there can be value had. Right. Excellent. Wow. That's really interesting. I'm not a TikToker. I, look, I, I, I am very, I'm, I'm aware of it and I know it and I'm on there, but right. you will not see much content, but it's, it's an initiative platform. That's well, you're sure. not dancing. <laughs> not dancing. There's actually surprising a lot of things you can do there that are not dancing, um, but there is a lot of dance. <laughs> but that's what I, you know, that's what I see. Cause I don't do much. On, I don't even have an account, but I see videos from where, and it's usually people dancing or playing tricks on each other. Right. <laughs> yep. Cool. Excellent. Well, thanks for sharing that. Why don't we go back to the beginning? I'm curious about how you started your business. Yeah. So I had to go back a little bit. My dad was an entrepreneur. I kind of grew up in that space. He sold antique auto parts for Fords from the 1909s to the 1970s, super niche. But so I always kind of had that entrepreneur bug. I got a job. I am what they call unemployable. I asked too many questions. I don't want like, I should, I'm just not a good employee. Let's be real. I started with my dad after he sold his company, we started doing real estate. That's where I, we still do some real estate for a long time. But in the process of doing real estate, uh, I was living 3000 miles away. And I was like, okay, well, I can't physically be there to see the houses and do these things. So what can I do? Mm -hmm. And so one of the things I got very good at was digital marketing. Uh-huh. As part of digital marketing, because I could do it remotely, I was just like, okay, this is great. So I got really, really into it. And it worked very, very well for our company for a long time mm-hmm. when we were doing flipping houses and things of that nature. And then honestly, that that passion just kind of led me to where I am today, which is I just, I primarily help companies with digital marketing just because I know it, it's a space. I have a lot of fun in it. And to be as transparent as possible, mm-hmm. one of the things after having a job that was important to me was, hey, I want time and location for you. I want to be able to go spend my day how I want to spend my day. I want to be able to to live where I want to live or travel when I want to travel and not have to worry about requesting time off or can I get approval for that or things of that nature. And so digital marketing allows that to happen because as long as I've got internet and a laptop, I'm good to go. Right, right. Yeah. The entrepreneurial dream. The other part (laughs) of the entrepreneurial dream. (laughs) Not an easy dream to achieve. I will be be honest, but I'm there now. Like, And it was worth all the hardship to get here. Right. Okay. Excellent. Bob, when you first started in your business, uh, what was your approach to pricing or how was that for you? Yeah. The first approach to pricing was, I'm not worth very much. I guess I'll just charge this little amount, which is barely even covering my expensive like software and things of that nature. That was literally where, where we started, right? Here's the funny part. At the time that I started the agency, I had been on stage for well over 3000 hours teaching people about digital marketing. I had a pretty sizable following people who know me for digital. There was still this insecurity of I'm new in the space. Why would they want to listen to me? So that was where we started. And then 
like like most people is like okay well i i can barely even pay my software bills let alone <laughs> pay myself so I had to start increasing the price from there right and that was so that was really it just wasn't profitable enough and you knew that something had to change there yeah and i i obviously the profitability part was is the hardest part when you're doing that but at the same time doing it that way allowed me to get a lot of folks in initially get some good testimonials so that i you know and then my confidence developed in all and what we were offering i started to be able to say hey i'm actually getting really good results for people so yeah. i know my value is there i was okay to raise it some advice that i got from a mentor was every new proposal you do for a client double mm -hmm. your price so you start to get pushback right. i was like oh that's that's an interesting way and I, like by the way i did not do that not exactly i didn't double price i didn't double prices i would increase them by like 30 to 50% each time. Cause like doubling it terrified me to be real. Like it was just like, Oh my God, I can't, I can't, I can't charge that much. Can I? And ironically now here we are after, you know, three years of doing just this, the, the prices are at a point where it's like, okay, mm -hmm. I feel, I still think we're probably on the lower end of the market to be, mm -hmm. to be real, but we're after growth and market share right now. So I'm, I'm okay mm -hmm. staying a little bit lower while we do that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay. And do you think that the underpricing, so partially it was, it was down to this confidence, but do you think that it was also that from where you began to where you are now, your offer has changed and developed as you've moved along. Does that also have an influence on the value you were able to deliver? And as a consequence, then also the price, or was that just like, not even part of your thought process. No, it definitely is. So mm -hmm. as you talk to more people, especially in our business, right, where it's a lot of relationship business and it's different for my clients versus it is for my business. So I want to talk about both of those. Mm -hmm. For us, it's a lot of relationships, right? We're having a one-on-one -on -one conversation. I'm talking to somebody. We're going to, I need to understand your business and then, you know, go from there. And because of that, the more that I understand what your pain points are, I can tweak my offer to fit the pain. Because look, mm -hmm. the digital marketing is the same for every single company in the world. The only difference between it is my messaging, maybe the platforms that I choose, mm -hmm. the pricing, obviously, and a few other minor things that are specific to your business. But the process that I use to get you results, like if you want to run paid advertising, it, it's the same process, right? I'm going to, we're all using the same platform. The, the value has to be, can I solve your pain point in a way that is a believable to you that I can be mm -hmm. in a time frame that's going to make sense for you to do that mm -hmm. and see in a way that you're comfortable doing. And if I can do all three of those things, then my price can go be much higher because the belief is there of solving a pain and people will pay a lot for solving a pain as I've started right. to find out. <laughs> right. Three excellent points. And I think, as you said, for most services, it comes down to the same thing applied in a different context, right? Right. Yeah, absolutely. Now, I do want to touch on, we do a lot of work with e-commerce stores mm -hmm. and that's a little bit different, right? Because I'm not having a one-to-one -one interaction. They're in interacting with my website or the client's website. And in that case, um, what becomes interesting on pricing is you really have no idea what pricing is going to work. You have a rough idea based on other people in the market um, mm -hmm. initially. But what I've, what's been interesting I've found is there's, depending on the platform you're using, there's pricing plugins mm -hmm. and it will literally just show different prices to different people and just track three or four different prices. Which one are we converting at the highest ratio, which is a fascinating experiment to run. Yeah. And a lot of times I'm, I'm, I'm very surprised by the results of that. And so are a lot of our clients. A lot of times I think right. they are in the same boat of, oh, I can't charge that much for it. And it's like, well, you, you actually can. Like the data shows you absolutely can. <laughs> mm -hmm. It's like, it's like the Murray show, like, and the results are in, 
you are raising your prices. <laughs> yeah, but I think I think it goes to a point, and I've seen this in big companies and in small companies alike, and everything in between, is that often the biggest limitation is your own internal thinking. Hundred <clears throat> percent. Yeah, and I did a, a study a long time ago, and we were looking at what does the customer think of our value and our positioning? How do they rank us versus the competition? But before we did ask the the customer to do it, I had the sales and the marketing team and the finance team internal do it. Hmm. And then we compared (laughs) what we thought internally with what the customer said. I've done it several times before, but I remember this one particularly because it was the first time that it showed such a huge difference in the way that we perceived what we thought the customer thought, right? Right. Versus what the customer actually thought. I don't think too many people actually take the time to ask their customer, right? Like to, to figure it out or to at least test it, right? I think that's, that's another thing I see a lot is they just assume that they're correct on the price and they never actually take the time to ask the question, would you have paid more? You know, would, mm-hmm. would you have paid this? What would you, you know, do? And, or like I said, like, w- like we did, like just keep raising our price until all of a sudden we get pushback of, no, that, that, that's not worth it to us. Like, okay, well, now we know where that threshold is. Instead of 30%, can we do 15%? Okay, no, can we do 10%? Oh, it's 8%. That was the number. All right, perfect. Now here we are. You're right. I think not enough people take the time to really understand the, what, their customers really value in terms of most people say put price in the top three of what their customers value most. Right. And when I've done the research, a lot of times it's not even in the, barely in the top 10, if in the top 10 at all, (laughs) when it's stacked against other things, when you have to, when the customer actually looks at it in relationship to, you know, how does this rank to the service you provide or to the actual product itself or all these different criteria, price can quickly fall, but it depends on who you're targeting in the end. Totally. Something I thought was very interesting. I think it was one of my coaches maybe taught me this. I, I don't remember where it came from, but they said, one of the interesting things, especially for new entrepreneurs is money is always tight, right? Like, because you're, you're running on, even if, even if you're well-funded, even if you have a big savings account, right? You're not seeing a lot of revenue come in. So you're focused on the money. And so then what ends up happening is because you're focused on the money, you assume everybody else is focused on the money. And then also pricing becomes the, like you said, in the top you know, 10 or five or three, because it, it, in your mind, you're, you're worried about the money aspect, even though they're not, because they're coming at it from a different point of view. Again, I don't remember who, who shared that with me, but it was like, a, it was a huge eye opener for me to, when we were early on in our business. Cause I was like, holy, like, wow, you like, you're right. Like I am like, I'm, I'm thinking about that. And I was like, and it's funny, like I just, it's funny. I just had a call yesterday with a client and she's uh, like a wellness doctor. She does a lot of interesting, unique things, not the standard stuff. And I remember where we actually tested out a new offer with her mm-hmm. and she's like, okay, yeah, that, that's what makes sense. I could do that. that and, and I remember just thinking to myself, whoo, uh, for us, that was like a stretch offer. I didn't, I didn't know if anyone was going to take it, uh, but we just framed it the right way. I said, Hey, here's the things that you're, that you're not getting from the people that you usually work with in this space. Here's what we're doing for you instead. And we're going to offer all those things. And all of a sudden price became, she's like, I, I probably could have charged more realistically. Right. And she probably still would have said yes. Right. 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 Yeah. So, I mean, it's, I always tell people that the price is only relevant in the context of value 
And Mm -hmm. if you're not steering or at least helping your customers understand the value, then chances are they are seeing it as much less than than it may be. Yeah. Interesting. So one of the things that we, we, when we talked before that I thought was really interesting that you said was that sometimes it's just as simple as asking for more. Mm-hmm. Can you tell us a little bit more about that? Yeah. And I, I think that comes back to that advice that, you know, we talked about from my mentor, which is, is that I think, and, and I see this with some of the people that I've coached and, and I've worked with. I see this with some of our clients and I know for a fact, it was true with me, which is, you know, our mindset gets in our way. We just, we just need to do that. And, and, and look, the, the thing about pricing, no matter what you're doing, and it doesn't matter whether you're selling a physical product or you're selling a service, you're selling anything, everything's a negotiation really at the end of the day. Right. Like, especially if you're a new business now, obviously like I always joke, like if you walk into Starbucks and try to negotiate, maybe not, but you'd be also surprised there too. I simply ask, Oh man, I'm, it's a great day. Any chance I can get my coffee for free? probably about one time out of 20, I'll get a free coffee. Mm-hmm. Right. And it's not, it's not a huge thing. It's not a big, but it's simply making the point to ask. And, and I say that because you look at a Starbucks or any coffee shop for that matter. Right. Mm-hmm. And you think, oh, there's no way that they're going to, to do this for me. But mm-hmm. if you don't ask, the answer is always no. no. Mm-hmm. Right. And so I think simply asking, and look, if the price is too high, and this is especially true in many cases, if the price is too high, someone will say no they'll pass. And then you have, you'll still have the opportunity to say, okay, that was too high for you. Let me, let me try again. And like, and one of the things I love, especially with what we do in digital marketing is like, even if I have an e-commerce store, right. And let's say we jack the price that we double or triple the price on a product. Mm-hmm. And usually the clients are like, oh my God, can we do that? And it's like, well, my sales are dropping. Okay. That's okay. But if you're making more money, as long as that equates out to a higher end value, you're better off. Right. right. And I, and the other cool thing is, especially these days with, and in the way the pandemic has helped us a lot is that when someone either comes to our website or even if they come physically to our store, there's ways to do this as well. Mm -hmm. I have the ability to retarget them later on. So Mm -hmm. for example, I, let's say I I normally charge 20 bucks for this product and now I'm charging a hundred dollars and I see no one's getting it. I can always retarget them later with an adjusted price at like 75 or 50 or whatever. And they might go, Oh, wow. Okay, great. Now, now I'll take action. So ask, try, because yeah. if you don't, the answer is always no. And you might find that you're surprised. A lot of our clients, a lot of times, because you know, when we do digital marketing, it's a lot of it is we're, we're helping you pay for customer acquisition, right? It's the most mm-hmm. expensive part of your business. Mm-hmm. We got to do whatever we can to maximize the value of each customer coming in mm-hmm. because you're paying for that customer to come in. So the right. more that they spend, and there's, there's a lot of ways. And by the way, this yes thing, like asking about pricing mm-hmm. also includes not just the initial offer, but the upsell. You'd be surprised once someone buys something, how much more they'll buy and they'll buy more of the same thing. A lot of times mm-hmm. they'll buy multiples, they'll buy more hours, more thing or something that's going to complement it. So right. that's another big thing that we've learned is, okay, great. You got paid ads. Now let's talk about you're in the door. You're already going for that. Let's talk about SEO. Let's talk about that. Here's other things that we can do for you. Mm-hmm. Right. And once they're in and they see what you have to offer, right. they'll be back. Right. No, that's a very good point. I was coming to it, but you beat me to it. (laughs) Yeah. That value side of the price value scale is much easier to navigate on that side. And then once you get that first sale in, you open the door to more opportunities. As long as you're successful, do what you committed to doing. (laughs) As long as you're not you're okay. (laughs) Bob, we're going to start wrapping this up now. I'd like to ask you, what is it you think Uh, people should take away from our conversation today? 
If I could give you one thing, it's just whatever you're charging right now, raise your price. 5%, 10%, 50%, 100%. I don't care what it is. Just raise it up and test. Maybe maybe you can't. It's very possible, but it, you won't know unless you do. So have the confidence to know that everything's in negotiation. And if you raise the price, you can always come back down worst case scenario. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Good advice. What's the best business advice that you've ever been given? There's so much. I don't even know what to pick. But honestly, I think some of the best business advice I've been given is understanding your mindset. And and I was given a book which ties into mindset and it's uh, by Carol Dweck. I don't know if you've ever heard of this, but mindset is uh, the new uh, mindset, the new psychology of success. Mm-hmm. And honestly, it just totally changed how I started to look at things. And I think if your mindset is in the right place, mm-hmm. you can do anything. And like, just like, perspective. This morning has been a complete disaster for me. (laughs) Like my car got towed. I left my laptop charger at my girlfriend's place. It's just like everything that could go wrong this morning has somehow gone wrong. But it was funny. She was driving me uh, back to my place and she's like, why are you so calm? I was like, because look, like we still got on here. I still had was able to get this conversation. You know, right. I didn't have to like do it from my phone or something like that. Like, mm-hmm. hey, we're, we're, we're good. I think toughening up your mind and understanding that that is going to determine everything else you do is the, the most valuable advice I've ever gotten from any of my mentors or coaches. Wow. Thank you for sharing that. I liken it to the umbrella of optimism in a rain shower of pessimism. <laughs> Ooh, I've never heard that before. I like that a lot. I that's, just that's made good. But that's what brought to my mind when you said that. I'm like, (laughs) no, it's true. And you know what? Like negativity spreads way faster than positivity does. You're going to be standing in a deluge of rain, right? It's going to be pouring down on you constantly from all the directions. The wind's going to be whipping at you. People have a vested interest in keeping you where you are. They're going to do what they can to do that. Your mindset has to be tougher than that, or or you're not going to make it. You'll eventually quit because entrepreneurship and and all the stuff that we talk about is the toughest path to go down the most rewarding, but it's also the toughest. That's why there's only a few of us. Yeah. I think one of my biggest learnings is that, you know, starting your own business, I thought it was a career move. And then what I really have learned over the last five years is that more than anything, it's a personal development journey. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Yes. Right. This is, this is hundred percent true for me. The more I have worked on my mindset and my personal development, the faster my business grows, no matter how much, like, look, I I love reading the technical side of what I do. And it's, it's fascinating to me, Mm -hmm. but the more that I work on me, the more results I end up seeing in everything that I do. Yeah. There it is, ladies and gentlemen. And you beat me to my last question. You already mentioned the book from Carol Dweck. What was that called again? Uh, Mindset, the new psychology of success. Actually, I want to real quick point. There's a ton of mindset books out there and even personal development books that are like, just be strong. You can do it. Think positive. And it's like, okay, yeah, I I, I get that. But it's, in a way, excuse me, it's BS, mm-hmm. right? It's a little like, and not totally because you have to do those things. But what I like about her book is that it gives you very tactical things and it's backed by a lot of studies and data points. And she's like, look, this is what we see works. Here's the things that you can do to have a growth mindset versus a fixed mindset, what you need to recognize in yourself. And I found it to be almost tactical in its action. And that is something that is, in my opinion, lacking in a lot of the personal development world. And that's why I think it's one of my favorites because it's actually actionable advice. 
Yeah. Oh, that's great. Yeah. I use her research in some of my programs as well, because it's, it's so interesting. It's a very simple and practical. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm there with you, but I haven't actually read the book funnily enough. So I guess I'll have to oh, fix that. <laughs> worth it. it. It's not, it's not long. It, it's a fairly, it, it's, it's a good size book to read. It doesn't, doesn't take very long, but it's, there's, it's just filled with fascinating ideas and thought mm-hmm. experiments and even just things that she's done and how she's being able to show like the difference between what these things do. It's not just like theory of mm-hmm. as much as I, I believe in the law of attraction. It's not like, just like Oh, you think about a million dollars and it magically appears. It's like, no, here's what we did to actually train someone's mind to help right. them get better. And then that allows for the law of attraction to take place because you actually have action behind what you're trying to track. Right. right. Isn't it? Tony Robbins says that action brings results, something along those lines, but he said, you have to take action first. Yeah. Super. One last question. (laughs) Where can people reach out if they'd like to find out more? Yeah. So you can follow me on every social media platform at the T-H-E, Bob, B-O-B, Macintosh, M-C-I-N-T-O-S-H. Mm-hmm. or thebobmacintosh.com. Everything's the Bob Macintosh. Just look for me. I'm the only six foot three redhead with that name. So <laughs> that I know of at least. So you'll, you'll find me. Yay. Excellent. I'll put that in the show notes, everyone, so that you can have a nice quick link over there. Thank you, Bob, so much for joining me today. It's been a real pleasure talking with you. Absolutely. Thanks for having me on. And for all of you guys listening, watching, appreciate you taking the time and tuning in. Yes. Thank you very much, everyone. It's always a pleasure to have you here with us on the show. If you'd like to find out more about how to get better at pricing in your business, head on over to thepricinglady.com and book a call with me there. That's all for today, folks. Have a great day. And as always, enjoy pricing, everyone. Thank you for listening to this episode of Live with the Pricing Lady, the podcast. If you enjoyed the episode, rate, review, and subscribe to it, then share it with your friends and colleagues. I love hearing back from you listeners. If you've got comments, questions, or topic ideas, go on over to thepricinglady.com and contact me there. Not sure where to start when it comes to improving pricing and profits? At thepricinglady.com, you can download a copy of my self-assessment pricing scorecard. Find out where it's going well and where you can begin improving. Or just simply book a discovery call with me. There we can discuss what's up with pricing in your business and how I might be able to help you. Thanks once again for joining. Remember, pricing can hurt or help your business. Let's make sure it's helping you reach your dreams. See you next time. And as always, enjoy pricing.